This is Millie, and this is the Escaping Narcissistic Parents Podcast, where you'll find the validation and love you've been looking for. Welcome to my new listeners, and thanks to my loyal friends. Please follow me on Instagram at Escaping Narcissistic Mothers, all one word. Consider donating to my podcast via PayPal and check out my TikTok. I will put all of the links in the show notes. Please consider giving my podcast a five-star rating so it reaches the people that may need to hear it. Also, my podcast is not strictly about narcissistic parents, but also about narcissism in general. Hi, guys. I hope you're doing well. I hope that you're having a good week so far. This is probably towards the end of the week that you're hearing this. This podcast is really a part two to my last podcast, which is um, answering your questions. Um, I did put a, a post on my Instagram and I wanted to get ideas for podcasts and I got really good questions And I wanted to spend some time on more of the questions. I think I only really tackled three issues in the last podcast. So I went through that post again and what you guys wanted to hear about and got more questions to answer. And and, and I got some really, really fantastic questions. questions and because some of the things are just so hard to understand about narcissism or narcissistic personality disorder and because the reason the reason we have such a hard time understanding narcissism is because we project how we feel how we think how we see the world Onto everyone. And unfortunately, not everyone thinks the same way. Not everyone's brain is wired the same way. Remember, narcissistic personality disorder is a personality disorder. It's who they are to the core. You know, this is not something like, it's not just a behavior, but it's who they are, right? So that's what makes it so difficult to treat narcissism um one of my favorite and i've mentioned her before but i will do it again because i do love her um one of my favorite therapists that has a youtube channel her name is chris k-r-i-s godinez g-o-d-i-n-e-z uh she has a lot of videos on narcissism and she will not treat a narcissist the minute that she catches on that the person she's treating is a narcissist, she she does not. That's the last session because it's almost impossible. Because what they try to do is try to manipulate the therapist. Um, and a good therapist will catch on to that. But news flash, there's not that many therapists that know this much about narcissism. Um so <clears throat> so here we go. Here is another set of questions or topics that you guys suggested that I am going to try and answer to the best of my knowledge. 
Okay, so here's a good question. One of the narcissistic traits that is falls under narcissistic personality disorder is lack of empathy. So the question was, do narcissists really have no empathy or do they have little empathy? So narcissists are capable of emotions, okay? They are capable, and a lot of you have probably even seen their emotions. But the trick is this, and I'm talking about any emotion, right? Including empathy. Empathy is an emotion. It's feeling for others. Now, that is in complete contrast to what a narcissist is because narcissists feel for themselves, So, can they have empathy? Yes, they're capable of having empathy. But it's not to a great extent. It's not like us who are empaths. A lot of us can walk into a room and just take in the emotions of everybody in the room, right? To just take in the the emotions. And that's a horrible thing, I know, because it's so hard for me um when i would go on an interview and i would just feel the sense of the room i could tell if that would be a good job for me or not because of how that made me feel but then you're exhausted because you're always taking in other people's emotions well an a narcissist the emotions that they feel are centered around their situation what is in their best interest so are they capable of empathy to a degree yes um empathy the way you and i feel it not even close empathy the way just a normal walking around person feels empathy maybe not even that far okay they just they feel it when it's in their best interest to feel it I would go as far, and this is this that part that I just told you I just read. This is my um, observation of it. Empathy is something that they kind of fake, right? When they're having a conversation with someone and they, want, they do, definitely don't want to come off as not having empathy, they will fake the empathy, okay? You heard the expression crocodile tears, um, that that is a perfect example, right? They're they're not really tears because crocodiles can't cry. <laughs> um, and the best example I have is I, I never saw my mom cry. To be honest with you, um, she she didn't even fake empathy. I would say she just didn't show empathy very very often. Um, I can't really think of anything. I'm under pressure now, but. You know, I can't really think of anything that really where she felt empathy. Um, I'm sitting here trying to think, and I really can't. That doesn't mean that I never saw it, but, you know, I can't think of anything right now. But my aunt is famous for faking empathy, okay? Um... When I was growing up, when I was little, little, um, my cousins and I, so my cousins are 
cousins once removed, they're, they're my aunt's grandkids, okay? It doesn't matter if you can follow that or not. It's okay. It's my aunt's grandkids. They're my age. And we would all laugh because something would happen, we, you know, bad news or something, and she would, and then we would be like, she's not really crying. She's just making the noises of that she's crying. And then we would laugh and be like, where are your tears? You know, we look and there were no tears there. So that's the perfect example of the lack of empathy. So to answer the question is yes and no. They can feel empathy when it serves them in some way. You know, maybe during a love bomb. You know, it's the best I can think of right now is when they're trying to get you back, but I'm not sure that that's sincere empathy, right? But yes, they can feel it. It's just minimal and when it, it serves their purpose. Otherwise, no, they don't feel empathy. They don't walk around and hear a story on the news that makes them cry, right? I've seen commercials on TV that I've cried over because it may, you know, it touches that button, the feels. It makes you have all the feels, right? I try to be cool. I'm so not cool. I'm 47 years old now. I know I'm not cool. Um, but, you know, I've cried watching a commercial, right? I, it's, it's one in particular I remember where, and some of you that are from the U.S. may remember this commercial. I think it was a, a greeting card commercial. And it's a father who, you see the little girl, you see her as a teenager, you see her, like, in college, then you see her getting married. And it just, it just touched me every time I saw it. Sometimes I would just ignore it because I didn't want to cry. So, um, that's empathy, right? That's empathy. But yeah, I saw movies with my mom growing up and, and she didn't cry at things. So the answer is yes and no and maybe so. Okay, so there's no real solid, there's no empathy. But it may not be the way that you feel empathy. That's what we have to remember, that we cannot project our feelings and the way we behave with, with them. We can't, we can't project it onto them because they don't think the way we do. Okay, so this is another good question. Moving on. Does the narcissistic does the narcissist and the family members really miss the scapegoat when they leave the situation, when they leave the family, move away and have a happy successful life? No. <laughs> and I know that's probably not the answer you were looking for. Um but no, they they don't miss the scapegoat at all. If anything, they're angry, okay? Narcissists get angry when the target of abuse is able to separate themselves and be successful without the narcissist, okay? That is the basis of what a narcissist wants, they want all the attention to themselves. They want to keep people around them. And they need that narcissistic supply from the target. So if the target leaves, they don't miss the target. They're, they're pissed off at the target, 
right? So they say that there's no way to get even with the narcissist except for being happy and being successful. And this is true because being successful is the only thing that disarms them in a way that you can't disarm them in any other situation. And by disarming them, it means they kind of, they have to give up because they you've proven to them that you've succeeded, you're alive still without them, even being alive without them, right? I know with my mother, she used to tell me that I couldn't survive without her, right? That she knew me better than anybody on this planet. And the bottom line is so not true, totally survived without her and, and was doing better than when I was in, in her life. Unfortunately, you know, I had these, I've gotten these physical health issues to deal with because of her abuse. Because sometimes those things happen after the fact, right? When you're in the abuse, the adrenaline keeps your body from getting sick. And then when you let go and the adrenaline stops pumping, you get sick, right? That's what happened to me. Um, So physically, I'm not doing great, but mentally, spiritually, I'm, I'm a much better person, right? And I'm here trying to help the rest of you. Um, of course, my mother did pass away, so that, that chapter is closed for me permanently. And I'm hoping that the fact that she's gone is going to help me along with feeling better physically as well. I'm expecting that, and I'm hoping... You know, I my vitamin levels I are not great, and I'm I'm now getting vitamin supplements, and my stomach's not doing well. I'm I'm trying to work on that. Like, I'm trying to get things under control so that I can start to live again. Right? That's what I need. I need to start living, and it has nothing to do with her. She's gone. She's dead. It doesn't matter. It's not about her. It's about my life, and that's how you should see it too. Right? This isn't about getting even with the narcissist. It's not about is the narcissistic family going to miss you? No, they're not going to miss you. Believe you. Believe you me. My family, they didn't miss me. My aunt put on a show. Okay. I, I spoke to my aunt a few months ago. Okay. In, in April, around her birthday, because the only person I'm still in touch with is her grandson. And he wanted me to to talk to her because she was saying that she missed me, but she didn't miss me. I had the conversation with her and I heard it. All right. It was clear. Remember, I'm, I'm talking to her with the narcissist voodoo mind, right? <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm listening to every word she said and none of it really said to me, I miss you. It was all about finding things out. And of course, I knew that, so I knew exactly what to say and what not to say. Right? I knew what to plant, and I knew exactly what what to keep hidden. Right? Um, that was my manipulation, and that's the thing. Sometimes you have to play the narcissist game. <laughs> you have to play their own game from time to time. But the best thing to do is really have no contact. So um, I, I never liked that aunt. Even when I was a kid, I remember not saying I didn't like her. And um, I still don't. 
And now that my mom's gone, I have no attachment there at all. So, yeah. So, to answer the question, they don't miss you. I'm sorry. I know that that may sound hurtful. But you have to focus on the people that do love you and do support you and do miss you when you're not around. And have your best interests at heart. Those are the people that matter. Right? You have a spouse or a significant other or children. They're the ones that you have to focus on. Don't focus on the people who are not good for you. Right? Those are not the ones that you want to spend your time on. Not at all. Okay. So let me look at the next question. I had I wrote them down. Um, I'm working with two two phones right now, actually. One's not a phone. One is just a computer for me right now, right? Um, so I'll I'll record on, on one device and do something else on another. It's funny. <laughs> what a world we live in now. Okay. So someone asked about, and this this question again comes goes into the realm of how can I stop? Even though they didn't ask it that way, but it was more like what can I do about the gaslighting and the provoking a fight and then acting like the victim, making me look like the bad guy? Okay. So, again, you're not going to like the answer. <laughs> um, guys, I, I'm here to tell you the truth. I'm not here to sugarcoat anything. I wouldn't be give, doing you any favors by telling you something that's not helpful. And if I lie or if I say, for example, with this question, um, there, there, is, there is a way to stop them from gaslighting you, okay? You can tell them that's not how I remember things and that will show them that, that you're not being gaslit, right? You're not being gaslit by what they're saying. That's not true, Okay, that's not how narcissists work. You can tell a narcissist a hundred times over, that is not how I remember it. And I believe my truth. They're not, they don't care. They know that they're gaslighting you. Okay, you have to remember that. They know what they're doing. So the fact that you're saying it's, not working is neither here nor there to them. They know that they've gotten to you in some way, right? That's all they, that's, that's what they want. That's how, how they get supply is your reaction. And just telling them that is a reaction. So don't, please do not waste your time. On listening, because I've seen it, and it's incorrect, is wrong information. You know that the internet is full of incorrect information. You can have any crazy thought you want, type it into Google, and you'll find people that agree with it, okay? You know, the moon is made of cheese. Look that up. I'm sure you'll find a group that truly believes the moon is made of cheese. Um, or... You know, there's so many things. I'm not going to get into it. But you cannot go 
and and do or say anything that is going to stop the narcissist. There's nothing you can do. Listen again. To to stop or change the narcissist or make them see the error of their ways. It's impossible. Because they know what they're doing. And they don't think what they're doing is wrong. Okay? So that's the hard part. They don't think that what they're doing is wrong. When in fact it is wrong. They're hurting people every day. I'm sorry. I had to take a sip of water. Um, they're hurting people. That's what they do. But they don't think it's wrong. That's why it's impossible to deal with the narcissist. And going up against the narcissist is a waste of time. Okay? I just put a post um, yesterday or the other day, not yesterday, about arguing with the narcissist. Don't bother. Okay? A narcissist, an argument is meant to resolve an issue. It should be. When you're fighting with a narcissist, they don't want to resolve anything. They just want to win. They want to clobber you. And they that's why you've lost before you even start the fight. Before you even start arguing. Because there's nothing you can say or do. I remember, and this is not about my mother for once, um, having an argument with this this guy I was dating that I've mentioned recently a few times because I want to branch out a little bit into the relationship narcissist um, situation, which is horrendous as well because some of you have been in a relationship with a narcissist and are still in one for many, many years. And your brain has been wired differently now at this point because of their abuse. So I remember I was about to break up with him. As a matter of fact, I think that was the day we broke up. Because I knew that he was toxic. I didn't know what the what narcissism was. At least not the way that I know it now, right? I, I just had heard the, the term. So I knew he was toxic. I was in therapy and, and the we had planned this breakup. Me and my therapist had made a plan. And I was about to execute it, right? It was the moment for me to to just pull the trigger, break up with him. And when I broke up with him or when when I was just alluding to the fact that I was going in that direction, I don't think I had actually said anything yet. He started telling, he, he pulled out, and this was 2006, people. So we're, we're talking um, not texting. They didn't, there were no smartphones yet, okay? So this was texting through these earlier versions of, of cell phones. And there was texts. And he pulled out texts and, and told me, look, but you look at what you said to me. And he pulled out the texts from you know, months before. And I and I remember thinking to myself, I don't, I, I I didn't even understand it because what what relevance do those texts have to right now? Okay, 
if a week ago, me and you are fine, but two days two days later, you do something bad, you know, horrible. You get me fired at work. A week later, I'm not your friend anymore. So that's the thing. I mean, you're pulling out texts that hap- that I texted to you when when I thought the situation was different. So I didn't even really respond to that in any way. And I did go through with breaking up with him and it stuck that time. So um, I forgot the original question. So I'm going to look again. Oh, gaslighting and provoking the fight. Okay, so gaslighting, just to explain, gaslighting is when the narcissist tells you that what you remember is wrong or that what something your reality is incorrect that what they're telling you is correct and that you're crazy okay so they might use the word crazy like my mom did did with me many times literally said you're crazy or they may just make you feel like you're crazy because your reality and their reality is different so you start to question your own sense of sanity Okay, that's gaslighting. Um, the provocation, right? Provoking and then victimization. When they provoke a fight, they may, they may do it one day and, and be able to get you to fight right away. Or they may be doing it for days and days and weeks and weeks until you explode, Right? So you may be holding back from arguing with them. You may be letting things go and then one day you just can't anymore. You had a bad day and that's just the last straw. And you you start fighting with them. You start screaming and then they step back and go, oh my God, look at how horrible she is to me when they have been working on you for months or weeks or days or whatever. It doesn't matter if they've been working on you for five minutes. It's still abuse when they provoke the fight and then step back and say, you're horrible for fighting with me. Look at you. You're screaming at me. That's what that is. Okay. So how do you change that behavior? You can't. Why can't you? Because you can't change anybody's behavior. Okay. Anybody's. Stranger, friend family member, it doesn't matter. You cannot change someone's behavior. You cannot change how they think, what they do. It is not under your control. You control you. Okay? So how you deal with a gaslight situation? No contact. <laughs> I didn't want to say that, but Okay, so how do you realistically deal with a gaslight situation? I th- I personally think the best way, if you have to be sitting there talking to them, is to just change the subject. Don't, don't react to the gaslighting at all. So if they tell you something, and you know that it's a gaslighting situation where they're trying to make you think you're crazy, don't react to it. Just change the subject. Just change it. Don't react. Because what they want is a reaction. And they want you to think to make you think you're crazy. And any reaction makes you makes them think that they're getting what they want. Okay. 
And the, the hardest thing to do is what I'm about to talk about now. Being provoked to fight. If you are aware, which most of the time you're not aware of what they're doing. Because what they say is so sometimes so covert and underhanded that you don't catch on to, oh, they're bringing up the past. They're bringing up something that they've always made me feel bad about so that I can fight with them. They want to start a fight, an argument, a fight. Um, the best thing to do is walk away from that situation. Just turn around and walk out. You know, don't, don't even, don't, don't even try it. If you know that that's the situation, that they're just provoking you. Most of the times, though, you don't. You don't realize what's happening. Okay, that's why it's so dangerous to be in any sort of relationship with a narcissist. To be in contact with them. Contact is is too much. Because they're going to try to hurt you regardless of whether you talk to them once a year or every day. In that once a year, they're going to try, right? They're going to insult you. I've done podcasts because... um, I've asked people to send me emails, texts, and letters, which, by the way, I think is is still valid, and I still will do it because I love to read through those awful text messages and letters and kind of break them apart. And and you know, uh, the per- I'm always the person's always anonymous, and I break apart what the narcissist says, like the fake apology, like. I'm sorry you feel that way, which is not an apology, right? An apology is taking responsibility for what you did. I am sorry that I called you crazy. That's an apology. That's a specific, right, situation. But the most important part of an apology is the change in behavior, right? It's not just, I'm sorry, it's I'm sorry, and then they don't do it again. A narcissist cannot do that, okay? Anyway, so you can't change the narcissist from gaslighting you. They're going to gaslight you. If they're doing it now, they're going to do it again. You can't stop a narcissist from provoking you and then acting like the victim and, and making you look bad. I know that that's frustrating, the smear campaign, Okay, because that, that brings in not just provoking you and then fighting and acting like a victim, but it's also smearing you to other people, right? You can't stop a smear campaign, okay? But I've got news for you. The people that are willing to listen and agree with the narcissist are not your people. I've said that so many times in my podcasts. These are not your people. People who believe these terrible things about you are not on your side. They just aren't. They're not your tribe. The people who stay by your side and and know who you are are not going to believe what the narcissist is saying about you. Do you know why my cousin and I still have contact? Because my cousin saw my mother's um, 
dysfunction in person. And it had to do with him, or I should say with his family, with it was a comment she made that was racist. And it was against, not him, um, but it was against his sister. And she didn't realize that my cousin's reaction was going to be, what? She thought that he, I, I really thought that she thought he was going to be on the same side as her. And since he wasn't, he, he saw it. He saw it. And that's why. It's unfortunate that I can't really say he knows me that well. It's more like he saw her. He saw her for who she really was. And that's why we still speak. You know? And I'm not angry at him for it. It's... I'm really not. I'm not angry at him that I don't really know if he sees me for who I am. I think he does. I think he does. Because by now, with all the time that has passed, I mean, it's been like 16 years since she did that. Um, and she's passed away that he he would have stopped talking to me. I, I'm waiting to see what happens with that relationship. But anyway, how do you deal with gaslighting and the provoking? You don't. You have to change yourself. And that is staying as far away from the situation as you can. The less time that you spend with the narcissist, the less chances they have to abuse you. It's that simple, guys. And that's why going no contact, is, it's not always the answer. But a lot of times it has to be the answer because it's the only way, right? When you still have hope that they're going to change, you're in trouble. You're still you're still in it, right? You cannot heal from everything they've done to you until you're no longer in it. Okay, so I left this one for last because it, crazy because this post was posted before my mother died, but it's exactly what happened to me. So I can answer this on a very personal level. So how do I deal with the guilt when the narcissist gets dementia and the relief when they die? Okay. So if you are as unlucky as this person to have not only a narcissistic parent, but a narcissistic parent with some sort of mental disorder like Alzheimer's or dementia or schizophrenia or anything like that, like my mother had. It's a much more difficult situation because not only are you dealing, because the narcissism does not go away. It gets all mixed in with the dementia. So you get abused, but then it's crazy abuse because it's it's different, you know? Um, I was no contact with my mother when she was when when she had her mental break and she ended up in the hospital. Um, and I did not go back. And did I feel guilty? Of course I did. And I don't think I've really said that. This happened February of twenty twenty, right? 
And I've said this story before, so I'm not going to go into detail, but my parents just showed up on my driveway after two and a half years of me not talking to them and them not talking to me. They They didn't attempt to talk to me either. And I think the reason was because my dad couldn't handle my mother. And I'm pretty sure, especially now that she's dead and, and well, I'm not going to get into that. But I'm pretty sure that he just wanted me to be involved so he didn't have to deal with her. And he thought that the best way for me to get involved was if I saw that she was not well. And I'm going to tell you something. She, they came up. It didn't work out very well. I pulled out my phone and turned the video recorder on immediately. So I had proof of what was going on. My dad was trying to leave the driveway. My mom smacked him in the arm, right? Because she didn't want to leave. And I could see the confusion in her eyes. She didn't... She, was it real or not? I, I don't know. But the last image... I have of my mother is of her waving to me from the car driving away and she looked really confused and I have suppressed that because the guilt is so great every time I think of that that was the last time that she saw me that was the last time I saw her Guilt is awful. Guilt is a terrible feeling. Guilt is meant to correct bad behavior. That's why we experience guilt. But sometimes we experience guilt when we shouldn't experience guilt. The fact that my father drove here when... I hadn't talked to them in two and a half years and they hadn't called me in two and a half years because that could have been a phone conversation and not a physical attack on me. That's how it felt, right? They showed up to my house. Um... That was... It wasn't a good situation. So... If you're dealing with someone who has dementia, you you have this guilt. I know you do, right? I just told you what happened with me. You have the guilt because the, on top of being narcissistic, they also have this other issue going on. Now, them having dementia doesn't erase the fact that they were evil people before and that they're going to be evil with the dementia. Okay? Just to take away, I hope that the person who asked about this, um, I did answer them on on um, Instagram because it happened. I read it after my mom died, even though she had posted it or he had posted it before. Um, and I was able to say, oh my goodness, you know, this is, this is, this is what happened with me. And I hope, I hope you listen to this podcast. Um, guilt 
they trained us to feel guilty because they used guilt as a weapon against us. They used the guilt to to control us. So we feel guilt even if we shouldn't feel guilt because honestly in 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 all reality if it's your neighbor who has been complaining to the city because you put a sign too close to the road and they've been giving you trouble and if you put music on in your house at three o'clock in the afternoon they're calling the cops on you because of noise pollution okay i'm just i'm making up an example and they're elderly, but they live next door, and they're just a pain in the butt, right? And they get dementia. I don't think you'd care, okay? Because the, they still treated you like crap, and you, you're kind of kind of be happy that, oh, they got dementia. Well, too bad. You know, that's going to be your attitude. You have to think of it the same way. You're, just because they're your parent doesn't make it okay for them to mistreat you even if they have dementia, even if something else is going on, even if they have cancer, you know, they use fake illnesses sometimes to, to manipulate the situation. So how do you deal with the guilt and the relief? So you feel guilty because you feel relieved. That's what I got from that post. And I get it. Okay. Now, I didn't feel guilty for feeling relieved. And I didn't feel guilty for feeling relieved because I knew I was very strong at that point. That's, what, that's how I know that those four years of no contact really did help me. Because when she died, if I felt some sort of grief, I cried. If I felt angry I cried or I screamed or I did whatever I had to but guilt really didn't play into it not really there was just one little thing that made I feel like maybe if I had been there in a part of their lives maybe she'd still be alive but that's a different story um I'm not accusing anyone of anything it's just she had been feeling sick and maybe I had, would have taken her to the doctor one day sooner. But that's just me like going in my head, working things out. That's how, that's how grief works. Most likely that wouldn't have happened that way. Most likely or 100% this was her time to die. Okay. This is just her time to go and, and she went. Just because it was kind of sudden doesn't mean it wasn't their time. People get hit by cars and die suddenly. Feeling relieved is 100% normal. Okay? You have been abused by this person for years. Even if you're in no contact, you still feel like you're being abused by them because they're still there. You know they're still talking about you regardless of dementia or not they're still smearing you to their friends the proof was in that not one person one person in the friendship group you know of the people that I grew up knowing called me one person and she only called me because she didn't have a phone number from my father 
because my parents changed her phone number and didn't give it to her. She was a victim of my mother's narcissistic abuse. That's why she called me, okay? But no one else called me. No one on her side of the family called me. I didn't deserve to feel grief at all. So no one called me, okay? That's how evil these people are. So guilt should not play a role in it. And I just cried because I told you the last time I saw her, she was waving to me and she looked confused. That doesn't change the fact that she had abused me since the moment I was born. She abused me into my 40s. My life exploded one day because she chose to make sure I didn't know my real past. Okay? These people are evil. And anyone who goes on my Instagram and is a troll or a narcissist and writes something that is clearly... You can contradict something or not agree with a post of mine, right? Like, there was a little bit of controversy with the hurt people, hurt people one, right? I talked about it in my last podcast. That's okay. But I can tell if you're a narcissist just by what you say in the comment. And I'm going to delete you and I'm going to block you, even if you're following me. You're most likely not going to be following me, though. I know I'm telling you guys that none of you are my audience for that particular comment that I just said. <laughs> I'm just letting you know that I'm not letting people in and I'm blocking people who I know are narcissists, right? Because my posts are now, because I have more followers, they're getting um, more people that are not my followers are seeing them. And they comment. And a lot of times those people are narcissists or are toxic. And they're like, well, that's not like when I write something about narcissistic abuse. This is for us. This is for the survivors. If you're not a survivor, don't freaking comment on it. There's no point. But they're trolls. That's what they do. They have nothing better to do. So I delete and I block them. And then that's it. It's over. Um. So, I need to end this podcast. Um, It's been 46 minutes now. I need to end this. But just to let you know, just because they have dementia and they died, that shouldn't be a reason for you to feel guilt. You didn't break them. You didn't kill them. You didn't make them crazy. And I don't like that word. But you didn't make them have dementia or Alzheimer's or whatever it is that they had. It wasn't your doing. No matter what anyone thinks or says. Just because it happened after you went no contact, that's not your fault either. Okay, you, didn't, you, can't, you can't possibly do that. You don't have control of someone else's brain chemistry. Okay, an emotional thing can happen and and trigger something, absolutely. But it's their fault to begin with. You left them because they were abusing you and you couldn't take it anymore. You were surviving. You did what you had to. There shouldn't be any guilt involved in that. And just because they died, they're not an angel. They're just this evil person who died. I hate with a passion, that people who die become 
saintly after they die. Even if they were horrible people in life, they become saintly. I remember my mother saying something when I was a kid. I remember this. And look, it, it's her, it was her turn. Okay? Look at how life works. She said uh, it was the, the superintendent of the building that was in, in, on the same street we lived on. And he was, like, not a nice man, I guess. I don't remember. But he died, and then people started saying what a nice man he was. And my mother's like... That's not right. You know, he wasn't. He was still a a nasty old man and, you know, whatever. And, okay, mom, if you can hear me, (laughs) you are a nasty person. You were an evil person. You abused me on purpose for my entire life. So you died, and you're still that person. That's who I remember. You're not a saint, and I'm not going to feel guilty. So for the guilt factor, please do me a favor. If you're in that situation that your narcissistic parent dies and you're feeling guilty, write them a letter. Write them a letter. Tell them everything you're feeling, including the guilt, and burn it in your barbecue or somewhere safe, please, not inside your house. Go outside um, and burn it. Okay, burn it and let the universe take it. And this is a symbol of you letting go of the guilt and of the person and of all of the things they did to you. All right, guys, I do have to stop there. You can hear my voice hoarse. I have Graves disease, which is a thyroid condition, right? It's an, um, an autoimmune disorder that affects the thyroid. And when I talk and talk and talk, I get hoarse. <laughs> so, <clears throat> and I have a therapy session later today, so I need my voice. Um, I also want to let you know that I'm going to do um, a an interview with a one of my Instagram followers. He is also he's his page is about narcissism, but I think it's a relationship thing. But he's going to interview me on Zoom, and I will let you guys know when this is going to happen. Um, I made an appointment with him on November 9th or the following week. I'm not sure. I think it's the following, the week after that. And um, when he posts it, I will post it as well. Um, So that, you know, so, you know, I don't know what he's going to ask me, right? That's the whole thing about an interview. I'm sure he has questions because his, his, his thing is, narcissist narcissistic partner but because he's a guy it's a woman so that's it that that's where we're going to be able to connect but i might interview him back and do an interview on narcissistic partners that are women and how the the male partner feels and deals with that all right so that's enough i love you guys very much and until next time